సహనావతు సహనౌనత్తు సహవీర్యంకరవాహై తేజస్వినాగీతమస్తు విద్విషావహై పూర్ణమద పూర్ణమిదం పూర్ణాత్ పూర్ణముదే పూర్ణస్య పూర్ణమాదాయ పూర్ణమేవాశిష్యదేశాంతిశాంతిశాంతి శృతిస్మృతిపురాణ ఆలయం కరుణాలయం నమామి భగవత్పాదం శంకరం లోకశంకరం శంకరం శంకరాచార్యం కేశవం బాదరాయణం సూత్రభాష్యకృతౌ వందే భగవంతో పునః పునః ఈశ్వరో గురురాత్మేదే మూర్తిభేద విభాగినే వ్యోమవ్యాప్తేహాయ దక్షిణామూర్తీహరిం పరమానందం ఉపదేష్టారమీశ్వరం వ్యాపకం సర్వలోకాణం తం నమామ్యహం అపరోక్షానుభూతిర్వై రోచ్యతే మోక్షసిద్ధయేవ ప్రయత్నేన ప్రపంచమిథ్యాపంచమిథ్యాపరెంట్ So Vedanta does not deny duality in a way, but it is mithya, it is appearance. <coughs> and therefore, first we distinguish Atma from Anatma or Atma from Prapancha of the universe. And in saying that Atma is totally different from Anatma, unaffected Anatma, that the self is unaffected by any attributes or limitations of the body, that the body cannot be in any way be Atma. Body being what it is, body is mortal, Atma is immortal, body is uh, limited, Atma is limitless, body is an aggregate of many components, Atma is ever one, homogeneous, and thus, that the characters the Atma has are totally in contrast with those with the body. And therefore, body cannot be Atma. Atma is distinct from the body. 
So this is important. Evam dehadvaya danyaha atma. That atma is danyaha, different from dehadvaya, from the gross as well as subtle bodies. Purusha, atma is purusha, purna. It's complete. Ishvara, totally independent, not ruled by anything. Ishvara means ruler also. So atma, the consciousness, can be called Ishvara also. Ruler. Ruler without ruling. So of course this consciousness, Atma or Brahman, is called Ishvara also. With the Upadhi of Maya, with the Upadhi of the three gunas, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas, Upadhi means the costume. So when Brahman puts on the costume of Maya, then he gets a designation Ishvara. The predominance of Rajoguna becomes the creator. Predominance of Sattvaguna becomes the sustainer. With predominance of Tamoguna becomes the destroyer. And gets different designations Brahma, Vishnu, Rudra. <coughs> so Ishvara he is. But that is when we look at Brahman or consciousness or self from the standpoint of the universe. <coughs> Because we find that universe is ruled or controlled. We find that everything seems to follow in order. Nothing seems to have the freedom to transgress the existing order. Then when we say that there must be somebody who establishes, who imposes the order. In that sense, we say that Brahman is a ruler or linear. You find that everything sustained systematically, intelligently. So there must be a sustainer. You find things that are created, things that sustain, things that are destroyed. So there must be a creator, a sustainer, a destroyer. In this manner, upon Brahman, we superimpose ideas of creator, sustainer, dissolver. Whereas, from the standpoint of Brahman, there is no creatorship, no sustainership, no ship at all, meaning that it's totally actionless. So Brahman is creator, but not creator, sustainer, but not sustainer, you know, cause, but not cause. Cause of the creation, but still not cause of creation. We find that the creation a universe is a creation, number one. We see that universe is a creation because it has the characteristics of something that is created. Like a part is created. This is an intelligent creation serving a certain purpose. It is also an assembly of a number of parts or components. So this is the characteristic of something that is created that it is created as an assembly of a number of components which are all put together intelligent like that of a clock which serves a certain intelligent purpose has a role to play in the scheme of things so we, keep, we can see that there is intelligence behind everything 
intelligence in everything, intelligence behind everything, and we say that this is an intelligent creation. So we find universe an intelligent creation. Therefore we impose Brahman, the idea of creation. So there must be a creator. So who is the creator? So the buck must stop ultimately at last at Brahman. So there must be a creator. So Brahman is creator. It's all sustained. There is an order. There is an order. So he must be sustained. We find that what is created also is in course of time destroyed. And that's how that process is going on systematically. So Brahman is destroyed. So when you look at Brahman or truth or reality or Satyam, from this standpoint of the universe, then we attribute the ideas of creator, sustainer, dissolver. Karma Adyaksha, the witness of all the actions, Karmapaladata, the dispenser of all the results, etc. Ishvara. But when you look at Brahman itself, there is no will on the part of Brahman, no action on the part of Brahman of creating, sustaining, dissolving, you understand? If Brahman is creator, then he is in trouble. <laughs> Meaning that, our Swami used to say, Brahman, then you would look at them, have I created this? Pretty miserable, you But it's created, but not created in the primary sense. As Lord Krishna says, Maya Adyakshena Prakriti Suyate Sacharajaram. That is Prakriti, my Maya, that creates, sustains, dissolves in my conscious presence. All I am is conscious presence. In my presence, the Maya gets enlivened and does everything. But Maya is really an inner principle, itself cannot do. So it must be a conscious principle that should do all this. Therefore, Brahman also is in that because the called the cause of the creation. In primary sense, Maya is the cause. In secondary sense, Brahman is the cause. Therefore, even though Brahman gets a designation of creator, sustainer, dissolver, etc. In, in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says that Sarvabhutani kaunteya prakrutim yantimahi kaunteya. All the beings ultimately merge into my prakriti at the, at the time of dissolution. They all emerge from prakriti time of creation. And thus I bring forth this creation again and again, wielding my prakriti, my maya. Meaning, there Lord Krishna says, I am the creator, I am the dissolver. If you create, if you dissolve, if you are the agency of creation, then you are, you are performing karma, then you will have to bear the result of the karma. It says now. Nasevam tani karmani nibad nanti dhanandyata. He dhanandyaya arjuna, all these karmas do not bind me. 
Udasinam Asattam Teshu Karmasu. Because when all this karma, this creation, sustenance, dissolution are taking place, Udasinavad. I am the uninvolved witness. Asattam Teshu Karmasu, unattached with the karma. Unattached with karma phala, having no agenda or whatever. So, therefore, Brahman or Atma or consciousness itself is free from all attributes of creation, sustenance, even dissolution. However, for standpoint of Maya, which is the costume of the Upadhi, he as though gets all those attributes. So, Atma, Purusha, Ishvara, Amishvara. Meaning what? In my presence everything happens. Sarvatma sarupascha, in the self of all, and I am manifesting the, all the forms. I pervade all the forms. Sarvati, at the same time, I transcend them all. <coughs> so, this is how Atma has been explained here. <coughs> and then, in so many verses, as we saw, that Anatma does not stand in contrast to Atma. Atma stands in contrast to Anatma, but Anatma does not stand in contrast to Atma. Atma is different from, distinct from Anatma, but Anatma is not different from Atma. The actor is different from the beggar, but the beggar is not different from the actor. <coughs> Therefore, dhul prapancha, this gross body, subtle body, stands with the whole universe. Because add up all the gross bodies, all the living beings, then you have the gross universe. And add up all the subtle bodies, all beings, then you have the subtle universe. So what applies to one upadhi consisting of the gross and subtle bodies, same thing applies to the whole universe. <coughs> so in so many verses, in eight verses, prapancha mithyatvam, that prapancha or dvaita is mithya, is not real. If an atma was as real as atma, then there would be division or duality. If the beggar was as real as actor, then there would have been two, but the beggar is only in the costume. Beggar is only superimposition. It is mithya. Never, beggar does not create a duality. <coughs> In spite of acting as a beggar, the actor does not become the beggar. He just appears as beggar. <coughs> now, having thus said that prapancha is mithya, that means there is no duality. There is non-duality in spite of duality. What Vedanta teaches is, non-duality is not absence of duality, but non-duality is in spite of duality. Meaning that, when all the differences will merge, then the non-duality will emerge. Our Swami used to make a lot of jokes about this. That's what the, the, uh, the yoga seeks to do that. Because yoga is based on the Sankhya philosophy which considers prakriti or universe as real, which considers mind as real. 
In the world, as long as mind is so long, there is going to be bondage. In the world, chitta vritti nirodha. You must stop the mind completely, then there is complete freedom. So, Swami is like waiting for all the waves to subside, you know, then the water will come up. He says, no. Water is even when the waves are. Meaning it's not the mind that creates the bondage. If presence of mind created bondage, you can never become free from bondage whenever you are aware because the mind will be there. It's not the presence of mind that creates the bondage. It is the, it is giving reality to the mind, that's what causes bondage. Looking when mind is real, that's what causes the so-called duality and therefore the bondage. So Vedanta does not seek to even stop the mind, ideally. Vedanta is not seeking mindlessness because usually meditation means thoughtlessness. Our own people will say, Swami, how do, how, do mind, how do you make the mind thoughtless? Even though every day millions of times we say that you don't need, what you need is the mithyatma of the mind, thoughtlessness. And struggle, nothing wrong with thoughtlessness, it's fine. We have it every time in a deep sleep anyway, and then you can have a thoughtlessness. But as long as we think that the thought is a problem, the problem goes away when the thought goes away. Problem comes away when the thought comes back. So Vedanta says, inquire into the reality of the thought. Manasam tukim, marga ikrute, neva manasam, marga ajavar. Have you heard this? Pukhleshara. So one more issue also talked about bhakti and then yoga and all kind, kind of things. And then comes back to jnana, marga arjava. That this is a path which is straightforward. This path of inquiry is this straightforward path. So rather than trying to stop the mind and do, we first of all understand what the mind is and then decide what you want to do with it. Manasandukim. What is the mind? Eating Marganikrute when their inquiry is performed. As to what is this mind? Neva Manasam, you find that mind is not that. So if you don't want the mind, do this. Throw a torch light of inquiry in the mind and the mind is not there. How? So that the inquiry is conducted like this. Vruttyastvam. Vrittimasitaha vrittayomano vidyamana. So Ramana Maharaj says, what is mind? Nothing but thoughts. Mind is flow of thoughts. Alright. So then what are these thoughts? The thoughts in turn can be classified into two categories. The I thought and this thought. So all thoughts can be classified into two categories, the subject thought and the object thought. So we say manaha, buddhi, chittam, ahankara. 
Ahankaram vritti is subject thought. Manaha, buddhi, chittam, the mind, intellect, memory, all of this is object thought. So mind means thoughts, thoughts means subject thought and object thought. All right? Now what's the relationship between the object thought and subject thought? Which one is dependent, which one is independent? We find that object thought is dependent upon the subject thought. Other thoughts are dependent upon I thought. The I thought has to be there for the object thought to be there. Whereas object thought need not be there for the I thought to be there. See, when we wake up, the first thought arises I. The first awareness is awareness of I. Then I become aware of other things, including our own body, mind, etc. So, the object thought is dependent upon the subject thought. So, object thought doesn't have a reality apart from subject thought. And therefore, really what is, is I thought or subject thought. So, what is mind? Thoughts. What are thoughts? Object thought and subject thought. Between them, what is dependent and the independent therefore, what is thought nothing but the I thought. So now you would inquire, where is it? So, Ahamayam Kuta Bhavati. Next question is, where does the I thought arise from? When you inquire into this, look into the very source of the I thought. Now, I thought also has two components. One is changing, other is changeless. <coughs> I thought also has two aspects, the changing as well as changeless. The changing aspect is dropped, is given up, then what remains as a content of I thought, which cannot be given up, which cannot be negated, is Parama Purna Sat. What remains is Sat existence, which is Purna and complete, which is Parama limitless. <coughs> so this is the Vedantic way of dealing with the mind. One way is take the mind and then twist it and turn it and stop it and do things, that is also a way. Like a calf, you know. The two ways of dealing with this fellow calf is this mischievous creature, let's say. He runs around here and there. And you chase the calf and it makes you run. Or show him some green grass. It comes and you can tame it. So either you give the mind the reality and then try to control it, or inquire into what is the mind. Mind is not apart, mind is not apart from I thought, not apart from this thought. So that means ultimately mind turns out to be I thought, which is nothing but consciousness. So mind is not apart from consciousness. Mind does not have a reality apart from consciousness. And therefore, mind is not real. When unreal things affect unreal, then there is no problem because unreal never causes problem. It's a real thing that causes problem. A real person can cause me a problem. A person in mirror cannot cause me a problem if I know there is a reflection. If I give it reality, it can cause me a problem. 
Sometimes you can get scared. In a dark room you are sitting and there is a lamp here and you see on the, on the wall a huge ghost. Nothing but your own reflection, your own shadow. But then you can get scared if you think that it's real. So Vedanta says that all the problems arise from giving reality to what is unreal. Therefore, the reality of prapancha or the duality was examined in so many verses to arrive at the understanding that prapancha or the creation is mitya in as much as it is a projection like the snake is upon the road. And then also several verses are quoted, saying that, look, Shruti also says very clearly that what is a Shrutya Nivayatam Nunam Nanatvam Nehananastikinchana. So Saram Atmedi Shasana, one Shruti says that what is Atma? Also says, Nehananastikinchana, there is no duality whatever here. So thus, prapancha mithyatam. Prapancha, duality is mithya, therefore does not stand apart from satyam, does not stand apart from atma, meaning that atma includes the whole thing. What it means is that in the knowledge of I, the wise person, for an ignorant person, I excludes everything outside his body. Because an ignorant person, superimposes body upon the self and thinks that I'm only as good as the body, as big as the body, I'm only confined to the body, and whatever is outside the body is different from me, I'm different from me. When you recognize that what is called the Dvaita is Mithya, you know what it means? It means that the eye of the wise person includes the whole universe. The eye expands to include everything, then only nothing can stand apart from him. A thing can become a problem when it stands apart from me, when it is different from me, it stands in contrast to me, it excludes me. So right now everything is a problem because I exclude that and that excludes me. But in knowledge of the true nature of the I, you find that I simple consciousness, which has no form, no boundary, and therefore cannot be confined to this body because body also is in consciousness. And then all names and forms also are in consciousness. Nothing can stand apart from consciousness because whatever you are aware of has to be in your consciousness, meaning consciousness pervades everything. The Swami would say that look, the star, the, the sun is not apart from space, the moon is not apart from space, the stars are not apart from space because they are all, space includes all of them, isn't it? Nothing in the universe is apart from space, correct? But space is not apart from consciousness because you are conscious of space also. Meaning consciousness includes everything. If consciousness is I, then I includes everything. 
Nothing is excluded. Nothing stands apart. So this is the kind of goal that Vedanta gives us. This will become so vast that nothing remains outside of my boundary. That's the reason why they teach us these values <coughs> of becoming vast, of stretching. That's what Karma Yoga is. When they say that you become a contributor, you become an offer, meaning what? You include them in you. Normally we keep on only propitiating our ego. So start propitiating others and then slowly include them. Stretch yourself to include them. How far? Such that you include the whole universe. So that's the value. Only when you follow that kind of value, ultimately this becomes a reality for us. So meaning that's the reason why Viveka, Vairagya, Shavadi, Shatka, Sampati are all taught to us. What we call the purity of mind is nothing but the vastness of the mind, nothing but large-heartedness, nothing but accommodation, nothing but the one that does not come, stand apart from anybody, who does not stand in opposition to anybody. That's the attitude which results into the knowledge of the self also that opposes nothing, that includes everything. Good, bad, and indifferent. <coughs> Having said about the non-duality, so earlier he said that the universe is Mitya. Another way of saying is the universe is Brahman. Either you can say that Brahman alone is everywhere, you can say Atma alone is all that is. If Atma alone is, then everything is Mitya. If Brahman alone is, then everything is manifestation of Brahman. So now next section shows how what we call Jagat or universe is nothing but Brahman. <coughs> so earlier it is said, the Shruti propounds Yuvannes of Atma and also condemns the duality. By saying that the one who sees that gives reality, reality goes from one death to the other. Okay. Tarikim Kuriya. Then what should we do? And so, in the verse 49, the answer is being given now. Brahmana Sarva Bhutani. Jayante Paramatmana Jayante Paramatmana Tasmade Tani Brahmaiva Tasmade Tani Brahmaiva Iti Avadharayet May you understand, may you know, may you certain. So let this be your conclusion, let this be your conviction. So may you come to this conviction. What is the conviction? Tasmadetani brahmeva bhavandi. Tasmadeva etani brahmeva etani. All of these bhutani, all these beings are.
If you know the part, how can the class be known? Have you ever heard of this? That knowing one thing, other things can be known. Katham sādhesha bhotiti. So now you realize that there is something that he does not know. I mean, all of his pride and everything just subsided right away. And he became a jignyasu. Meaning what? He became a seeker of knowledge. Ask his father, what is the nature of the Radesha? What is the nature of the teaching? How can it be that by knowing one thing, everything becomes known? Yatha somya ekena mutpinyana sram runmayam vijnatam syat he somya o priyadasana o good looking one o dear just as by knowing one particle of clay, everything made of clay is as well known. By knowing one ring of gold, everything made of gold is known. By knowing one small article of iron, everything made of iron is known. Just by knowing one thing, everything can be known. He's pregnant yesterday. That's right. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Oh, may I have that knowledge, please? So then, of course, from son he became called converted disciple, a chignyasu. And then, of course, the teaching was imparted. But this is a standard pratijnana property of Upanishads. By knowing one, you know everything. For the simple reason, the human mind is tremendously curious, wants to know everything. If I had my way, I would want to know how many stars are there, how many grains of sand are there, how many... I would want to know everything. It's impossible. And how can you satisfy this desire of the mind to know everything? So Upanishad says, there is one thing by knowing which everything is as you know. What is that one thing? Just as by knowing the clay, all the pots and pans made of clay are known, what is clay? Upadana karanam, material cause. What is material cause? Material cause is that from which the effect emerges. The part emerges from clay, sustained by clay, merges back into clay. So that is the definition of material cause. From which the effect emerges, by which the effect is sustained, under which if it goes back, if that material cause is known, Upanakana is known, then part and everything is well known. So the question is, in Mantokovya, is there something knowing which everything becomes known? Meaning that, is there a material cause? Is there one material cause of the whole this diverse universe? If you know that, then everything is as well known. Teacher says, yes, there is something. So, that is called Sat or Brahman. And how is this saying? Brahmana Sarvhutani Jayante Paramatmana. So, Taitri Upanishad says, Yatova Imani Bhutani Jayante Yena Jatani Jivanti Yat Parenti Abhisam Vishanti Tad Vidhignasasva Tad Brahmeti so there, this aspirant, whose name is Bhu, 
must be famous Maharshi Bhrugu. He approaches his father, Varunaya. So in those days, father also used to be a teacher. And son used to be the disciple of. And that is the most ideal combination. Of course, Guru always gives the best to the disciple. But father can definitely be expected to give the very best to his son. Because supposedly son is dearest to the father. And therefore father can always give the very best to the son. So you know, this combination, that father is the teacher and son is the disciple, you can be pretty sure that the very best is given to him. So Bhru goes to Varuna, the father. Adi Bhago Brahma, Revere sir, please teach me Brahman. What is Brahman? Yatova Imani Bhutani Jayante. Hey Prabhu, that from which all these beings and things and beings are born. Yena Jatani Jayante. Having born or emerged, that by whom, of which all of them are sustained. Yet Prayante. At the time of dissolution, they return back and merge into it. Tad Vijignyasasva, we seek to know that, Tad Brahma, that is Brahma. So in that place, Brahman, Bhagu wanted to know what is Brahman. Brahman is described as that from which the universe emerges, by which the universe is sustained, and to which the universe goes and merges back. Meaning, Brahman is described as the material cause. Just as the clay is the material cause of the parts, because parts emerge from clay, are sustained by clay, they merge back into clay. Similarly, the universe emerges from Brahman, is sustained by Brahman, merges back into Brahman. So Brahman is presented there as the material cause. <coughs> what is Brahman? Bruhatvad Brahman. Bruhatvad, Aparichinnatvad, Brahma. The word Brahma itself conveys it, the word conveys its meaning. You, you can understand the meaning of the word when you inquire into the etymology as to what it is, what is the source of this word. In Sanskrit there are all these verbal roots, some 2200 verbal roots are there. And the trace the formation of all the words to those basic roots. So Brahman, this word is derived from what? Root Bruh. Bruhatvat. Bruhatvat. Aparichinnatvat. So that which is unlimited. Free from Bruh. Bruhatvat. That which is big. Unlimited. So Bruhatvat Brahma. So that which is limitless is called Brahman. So what Brahma itself conveys limitlessness. So what is Brahman? Limitless is Brahman. Now this is an interesting thing. From Brahman the universe emerges. What is the universe you know? It is a limited. Universe is limited. Why is it limited? Because it has a beginning. It may be 12, 13, 14, whatever number billion, but so many billion years ago the universe emerged from Big Bang or whatever the process was. Universe is supposedly expanding universe. 
as long as the energy will last, once it runs out of steam, then it starts contracting and back to the cause. Then we emerge again. So this universe has a beginning, has an end, and therefore it is limited in time. So whatever is created is going to, you know, perish, limited in time. So universe is limited in time, place, as well as in attributes. What is Brahman? Limitless. Now interesting thing is, the limited universe is born of Brahman, sustained by Brahman, goes back into Brahman. How does that work? How can limitless emerge from the, how can limited emerge from limitless? It can be real emergence. Only limitless appears as the limited. Anyway, so that's how. But anyway, going back to the fact that Brahman is material cause. Tasmavedani Brahmaiva Bhavanti. Just as all the pots and pans which are there from clay, they emerge from clay, they are sustained by clay, they emerge back into clay, therefore the pots are nothing but clay. All ornaments emerge from gold, sustained by gold, much bigger ornaments, nothing but gold. All the waves emerge from water, sustained by water, much back into water, therefore the waves are nothing but water. Similarly, the whole universe of names and forms emerges from Brahman, sustained by Brahman, which is back no Brahman, therefore nothing but Brahman. What is Brahman? Asti, Pati, Priya. The universe emerges from Satyam, Jnanam, Anantam, Brahman. Satyam means Asti, Jnanam means Vati, Anantam is Ananda. So from Asti, Bhati, Priyam, or Satyam, Jnanantam, the universe emerges, sustained, and goes back. Therefore, these parts are nothing but clay. Similarly, the universe is nothing but Brahma. Very simple, isn't it? The effect is, the effect such as part is nothing but clay. In this part, there is nothing more than clay, understand? Because take away the clay from this part, nothing remains. If some residue remains, then you can say that you added something into clay to make a part, but no. Similarly, there is nothing other than Brahman the universe. Because Brahman is the material cause. So how do you see Brahma, clay in this part? That's easy. Because in this case, the clay comes with the part. Meaning that clay is very evident, as evident as the part. So it's easy to see that these parts are nothing but clay. And for that's not the case with this universe. I don't see Brahman. Where is Brahman? I don't see Brahman anywhere. I don't see God anywhere. Brahman means God. From God the universe has emerged. By God universe is sustained. And to God, universe merges back. So what is this God? You understand? What is this Brahman? Or what is this God? Or what is this Ishwara? So not that we worship many gods. Not that we worship one God. We worship 
ओनली गॉड सो वेन यू हाउ डू सी गॉड हियर वेर इज गॉड स्वामी दिस वोलर इज गॉड दिस सो मोमेंट वी से दिस द नेक्स्ट क्वेश्चन is there god in criminal also but you see in yourself and then they talk of they always talk of difficult cases you know criminal and he sees i mean they say that he sees that some base you start so this one we give on all these things you know this devata it is start seeing here it's easy to see then go to difficult cases no doubt that everything is ishvara So Virva Bhai says that Lord Krishna says I am, you know, I am in the friend also in enemy. He says before you bother to see Ishwar in enemy, he starts seeing in friend. Take the easy things first, and slowly you can perhaps be able to solve the difficult. But they always start. How about wise God in Kamila? Tell me. Depends on what you mean by God. I don't see God anywhere. Depends on what the concept of God is. If God means uh, having four arms and holding, you know, chakra, chakra, gada, padma, cones, and discussion, if that's the concept of God, I don't see. Him. If Krishna is God, I don't see Krishna anywhere. So what is God? As Upanishad explains, what is the nature of God? How do you see God in all these variety of names and form? How do you see clay in this pot? When you overlook or have become indifferent to the name and form, the way to see the clay in this pot is when we become indifferent to the name and form of the pot. The way to see the gold in the ornament is when we become indifferent to the name and form the ornament. Is not so. Usually we are always preoccupied with the design and this and that and that, but we often fail to see the gold aspect. And those young girls, you know, when the mother is getting them ready for going to some, fa- you know, some some function, then the girl makes choices, you know, my mother. Give me that one. Give me this one. So everything is gold, but she distinguishes one from the other because she sees only form and the design. What it is is gold. But to see gold in our ornament, we have to become what indifferent to the name and the form and the design and everything. And they call indifferent. You can say. You should accommodate all names and forms. Be compassionate to all names and forms. This ugly ornament doesn't matter. Be compassionate to whether it is a ugly ornament or a beautiful ornament. Accommodate everything. One way, either become Indian or Mithya. That's one way. Or accommodate them. Then they won't matter. Mithya also does not matter, and what you accommodate also does not matter. Then you can see that what is is gold, meaning that the way to see Brahman is to accommodate or become indifferent to the names and forms. What do names and forms do to us? Names and forms create 
Raga and Dvesha. Attachment and aversion. Because if I look over myself as a name and form, look at you as another name and form, then two names and forms can never be identical. They are always going to be different. One name and form will be likable, other will be dislikable. And therefore, when one name and form interacts with another name and form, there is going to be either like or dislike. So what do we do, what, what need do we do to see what is samashantaha? So that which is equally present all of, in all of them is become free from likes and dislikes, which are created by giving reality to the name and form. So that's why Vairagya comes. Vairagya means what? Freedom from likes and dislikes. Meaning, freedom from giving reality to the name and form. Freedom from giving reality to the costume. Understand that gold comes in this costume. What is this gold? Whether you call it chain, call it bangle, or earring, all these names and forms are the costume of the gold. What is important is gold. So if no ragadvesha for the name and form, no preferences for name and form, no demand and expectation as to what the name and form should be, then our mind is ready to see what is the actor or the content of name and form. To see the content, we have to become indifferent towards the form or the vehicle in which the content comes. It is a form or name and form that creates Ragadvesha. Therefore, when the mind becomes free from Ragadvesha, it sees what is universally present everywhere. Tasmat etani brahmeva bhavanti devadharfar. All of these are nothing but brahmeva. Satyam jnanam anandam orasti bhati prasi disva. It avadharai. So what do we do? You say that the duality is mithya. All right, then what do we do with that knowledge? Recognize that non-dual alone is truth. How? Because duality is mithya. Therefore, mithya never in any way excludes the satyam. Therefore, in all this duality also, Brahman is very much present. So see that. By recognizing that duality is mithya. Name and form is mithya. Though it doesn't matter what it is. So what is given mean, meaning meant by free from Ragadvesha is it does not matter what the form is. Does not matter what matter what the name is. Does not matter what the function is. Does not matter what the activity is. Can you become that indifferent or that accommodative? Therefore, everything is Brahman Avadharaya. You come to this understanding or conclusion that what is is Brahman. <coughs> so this theme is now described in all these different verses. Same thing. <coughs> With the uh, reference to many statements from the Upanishads. 
as to all the Upanishads only communicate this idea. <coughs> Shri Guru 